Turn in your Bibles this morning to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I also failed to make an announcement last week on my notes. There was so much going on. But most of you know this through Facebook. As a matter of fact, I'm surprised. I was telling someone the other day, people say, did you get my message? I said, no. Did you call or email? They go, mm, Facebook. So, so no one emails or calls anymore. I didn't know if you were aware of that. And we don't talk on the phone anymore. Phones are not for talking. They're so you can type. And that's a, ser- a different sermon. But uh, this Tuesday, Lord willing, I'm going in for uh, back fusion surgery and for uh, decompression on several vertebrae. And I just want you to hear my heart. I am so ready and so excited. Uh, There's been a deterioration the last couple months that's gotten uh, really bad. But I want you to know I'm not the least bit worried. My my concern, I was telling Kelly, I was real weepy today because I'm not going to be able to hold my babies. That's about it. That's my biggest fear that, you know, I have to disappoint little Isabel when she goes, you know, daddy, daddy, and I have to tell her no. But I want to thank you in advance for your faithfulness to this house uh, while I'm gone. Um, I am looking forward to being that dad that can get in the floor and play with his little girls and do tea party and uh, be able to play ball with my boy. Uh, Something happens at our house that also has pushed me towards... uh, getting this surgery, my little girls are starting to imitate the noises I make when I get up. It's not, everybody laughs, it's Kelly laughs. So Isabel come in the other morning, you know, the sun's not even come up. She pulls the milk out of her mouth. She goes, ah, daddy. So I don't want to be associated with, but, uh, and many of you have offered to help us. And here's what we'd like you to do. Kim is going to coordinate for us different things. And instead of Kelly having to speak to so many people that love and care for us and trying to navigate three children under two, uh, well, now they're two and two days. If you'll just coordinate with Kim and there will be some things that you can do to help us. And I will be back as soon as I can. But with your permission, I don't want to be the guy that comes back so early and then he's preaching and you're not listening to him because you're wondering if he's okay. You know, he comes up, if you have your Bible, oh! I don't want to be that guy. I want to come back. Let's open your Bibles. Is that all right? Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse 16. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which was done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to your voice, Moses, and you shall come, you and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt. And you will say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us, and now let us go, we beseech you, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, our worship. Are serve. And it speaks of a, the word sacrifice not only means offering them, him uh, uh, gifts at an altar, but it means in a circle with hands enclosed, joyfully celebrating unto God. Verse 19. Now watch this. God is speaking. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not even by a mighty hand. But I'm going to stretch out my hand and smite him in Egypt with my wonders, 
which I will do in the midst thereof, and after that he will let you go. And I will give this people, my people, favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when you go, you will not go out empty. But every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and clothes. And you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and you will spoil the Egyptians. Many times this story is used to speak of coming out of Egypt as a type of salvation, and it is. It was a physical exodus for the people of God to come out from under hard, cruel taskmasters into a freedom that God had for them. But the goal was not freedom. The goal was purpose and intention in the land of Canaan. Several years ago, I spoke on this subject matter in a totally different vein. And the Lord began to deal with my heart on this Sunday uh, in August to share with you about uh, when God brings you out of something, whether it's an addiction An old mindset, a rut. Have you ever been in a rut, a real one? You know, the only difference between a rut, a groove, and a grave is the depth. That's the only difference in how deep you are. But when God gets ready to bring you out, there's patterns that he uses. Be very careful when you're listening to preachers on television and the internet and they give you formulas. God does not have formulas because every life is different. Every person's different. Every situation's different. And you're at a different timetable in your life. But there are patterns in scriptures and you'd, in the scripture and you'd be wise to notice them because you'll see one, two, or three of the things going on in your life that happened in their life life. So give me just a moment, uh, a little longer introduction, but I'll shorten the sermon up and we'll match it up real good. Okay. Egypt. When God gets ready to bring you out of Egypt for you as a Christian, any place, relationship or practice that keeps you against your will, any place, relationship or practice that degrades or devalues you as a person, Any place, relationship, or practice that is contrary to the expressed will of God concerning you. Any place, relationship, or practice that keeps you from worshiping and serving God unhindered. Any place, relationship, or practice that mocks God, mocks His word, or His work in your life. Any place, relationship, or practice that values the temporal over the eternal. Any place, relationship, or practice that enthrones itself above God. Any place, relationship, or practice that owns you, controls you, or imprisons you. This exodus that God commanded, this exodus that God offered, listen, was not exclusive. It was for every one of his people. So when God spoke to Moses, he didn't say for the majority of the Israelites. So I submit to you that in the clan of the Israelites, the Jewish nation, there were good and bad. There were noble and ignoble. There were uh, conquerors and those weak in faith. There were some that were struggling. There were some that were odd. There were some that were wealthy. There were some that were poor or wealthier than the poor. But this command for you to come out and be free was not exclusive. It was for everyone. This exodus was not earned. It was a gift. 
It was not difficult because your God is mighty. And this is the trick of the enemy. He says, oh, this, this would be too hard for you to change. Too hard for you to drop that habit. Too hard for, for, for you to come out of depression into a balanced uh, view of things. Too hard for you to change because your grandmama was like that and your great-grandmama was like that. And this is hereditary. And this is generational. I hear people talk and they'll say, it's a generational curse. And they tremble and do the vibrata. Your God outgenerals the generations. Do you see what I'm saying? He is from generation to generation, from age to age. And this exodus was not hidden. Oh, I love this. It was done in plain view of everybody. When God gets ready to bring you out, it is available for everyone to watch the turn, the break, the steps. He watches you come out of old lifestyles, old ways, old mindsets, old limitations. And everybody gets to watch. This exodus was not partial. God does not bring you half the way out. When God gets ready to bring you out, he brings you out fully. And this exodus was not limited to an exodus only. But it was the beginning of God's great plans to bring them into the promised land. God does not want to bring you out of something just so you can stand and say, I stopped drinking or I broke this bondage or I broke this habit. There's more that God has for you than not to do something. Secular groups like AA and NA, I'm not bashing them, just hear me. We stand in a group, we come in, we go, my name's John, I'm an alcoholic, and I've been clean since 86. Ooh, John, good. So I'm now known by what I don't do. God doesn't just bring you out. He brings you in. So I say, when God saved me, my sins were forgiven. The habits were broken off. I come into newness. And what I don't do is a small part of who I am. I'm not bound by alcohol anymore, but it's so much more. Since he saved me, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a friend. I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm a preacher. And the one that just comes out goes, oh, you mean there's more to life than just not doing something? If y'all are waiting on me to preach, I'm preaching. Y'all aren't responding, but I'm preaching anyway. Let's pray as I go over just a few of these in the pattern with you this morning. Lord, I thank you that today for what you have planned. I thank you because you knew who would be here. For some, it's going to be a word for them. And others, it's going to be a confirmation. I told you I was speaking to you about this. And for others, oh Lord, it's going to be, could it be? Could this be the day? Could this be the beginning of something? And it all begins with your word. So give me the ability to speak with clarity and power, O Lord, for the glory of your Son. Let my preaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God, that these people, your people's faith, would not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. When God gets ready to bring you out of something... That place, that relationship, or that practice. He does it because he has compassion for you. It says in verse 7, I heard their cries and I know their sorrows. As a parent, don't you know the difference between fake crying and real crying? Fake crying can be loud and beating your head against the wall and you go, you're fine. You're fine, you're good. They levitate, but they're okay, they'll be all right. But when one of my babies hollers a certain way, I go, she's, she's hurt. Something's wrong. God said, I heard their cries 
and I heard their sorrow. You've heard me say before that one of the surprises of being a dad is how moved I am by my little girls. How moved I am by their need. How moved I am. As a new parent, y'all can laugh or relate, but you hear them crying even when they're not crying. You just run into the room. I did it last night. I go, Kelly, is everything okay? She goes, what is your problem? What? What? I just thought something was wrong. <laughs> well, God doesn't miss here, but when he hears you in your situation, in your relationship, in your limitation, in your bondage, he brings you out because he cares greatly for you. See, I don't want just a powerful God that just does things. I want one that loves me and likes me and cares for me and hears my cry. When God brings you out, he does it by pronouncement. It said in verse, chapter 5, verse 1, Let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me. This is not a suggestion but a command. Well, if God has spoken over me, why have I not went out? Maybe you didn't get the message. Because it wasn't until Moses told them that they got the message. And I'm no Moses. I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet. But when the Lord gives a pastor a word for the church and he just presents it, I'm just like you. But what if the Lord wanted me to say over you that God has decreed for you to be let go? There's a pronouncement made. I've used this illustration before, but it's the best one I got. When you hear people say the Lord's word will perform that which it's sent out to do, it cannot come back void. And it's impossible for God to lie. True. But we, we look at it from the moral sense, like God cannot lie, which he is moral and he will not lie. But that's not the context. If God were to speak audibly, John Wood, you are a woman. The legalist would say, oh, he wouldn't do that because you're not one. No, I'd become one. Why are y'all just staring at me? You, do, does this make sense? I would become one because he pronounced it. Let me back up. When my mother met my dad before I was conceived, he spoke my life into existence. The seed of my dad hit the womb of my mother, but he said, this boy is named John. He spoke, and my parents were like, I think we'll call him John. And God is speaking over some of you today. You're hearing that his plan for you in your situation is to come out. To come all the way out. To come out powerfully. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Number three. When God brings you out, the idea of it can seem too good to be true. Because Pharaoh is so powerful. Or you could say your habit, your addiction, your lust is too powerful. See, Pharaoh was the ruler of the nation. Nobody came or went. You see the commercial about cigarettes or alcohol, you know, and uh, the anti-smoking campaign. And I'm not speaking about smoking. I'm talking about the principle behind it. Have you seen the one where the little guy's about that big and he's shaped like a cigarette? And he tells the guy, come on, you've got to go out now. And he's playing with his friends and he drags him out by the hair and drags him out on the curb so he can light a cigarette and it owns and controls him. There are people in this room that have tried to quit certain things, attitudes, mindsets, 
limitations. And we view Pharaoh as so powerful. Listen, because he is. But he's not all powerful. And it's a small victory if you give up something that's easy to give up. It's a small victory instead of coming out of Egypt. If you said, God brought me out of uh, Osceola, Georgia. You go, well, that wasn't so hard. You know, or, or Adele at the King Frog exit. You got the mindset? Your testimony when you come out of great places is great. When you come out of difficult places, it brings glory to God. And sometimes it seems too good to be true because Pharaoh is such a strong ruler. Seems too good to be true because we've been in this condition so long. Like the man at the pool for 38 years, he couldn't believe that this was the day. What if this was the day for you to drop the chains because God spoke it over you? What if you stopped worrying today? Not because some preacher put his hand upon you, but because God's word was spoken over you. He sent his word and what? Healed them. What if? Yeah, but I've been this way so long and I'm so powerless. God's word is not contingent upon your power. There's power in it. And it, it, God's word is like water. It reaches the lowest place in your life. It searches out the lowest place and, uh, and it gives strength there. It, it buttress, strengthens and holds you. The idea of coming out seems too good to be true because up to this point, we've never seen him let anyone go before. Oh, the devil hates it when you meet up with someone that he was forced to let go. That's why I tell my story all the time. I say, why do you always tell it? So you'll know. People, I've had people in my office when I'm giving them counsel go, oh, that's easy for you. You're a preacher. <laughs> I wasn't always a preacher. That's why I tell you that I was bound to alcohol, bound to perversion and immorality and all forms of lasciviousness, bound to a vulgar mind and a cursing heart and lips that were foul and crude and crass. And one day he spoke over my life and said, Come out and what you couldn't do before he spoke, you're able to do. And Pharaoh, who was so big up to that moment, cowers in the corner. He said, just go ahead, go ahead. And he don't want you to meet other people that have come out because you'll get the crazy idea. If God did it for them, he can do it for me. Would you do me a favor real quick? Just for those that are sitting here, just just for those that are listening and paying attention. If you were once bound by narcotics, strong drugs, and you're free today, free today, just stand up for a second and then sit down. Look around, look around. Oh, look around, look around. Hey! Free. Oh, the devil don't know. Nobody's ever come out. Nobody's ever come out. That, no, they didn't have it like you. Yeah, baby, they did. I was drunk four or five nights a week for seven years. And kept, oh, when God gets ready to bring you out, he just brings you out. Where the, uh, I don't call them alcoholics. I call them drunks because I chose to drink. I didn't choose a disease. Get mad with me if you want. It wasn't a disease. Well, uh, it is a disease. No, we all have a proclivity to some form of lust because we were born in the sin lineage of Adam. But I chose to drink. But since 86, I ain't drank. I mean, sweet tea. Some sweet tea will give you a diabetic coma 
I do a little diet do. Where's all the drunks that aren't drunks no more because God freed you? Just stand and look around. Ho! Yeah, Pharaoh don't want you to meet us because you look at us and go, you quit and you ain't much. And then you look at Pharaoh and you pull the curtain back and the wizard ain't so big, is he? When you've seen God, when you've heard God, Pharaoh don't look so big. When you've heard God's voice, Pharaoh's voice loses a little bit of its power. When you see God putting his feet on the earth as his footstool, Pharaoh was with his little corner of land in Egypt don't seem so bad no more. Oh, just meet a couple of people that come out and you'll start to get crazy ideas that you could be out too. When God brings you out, it's not without great opposition. The first steps are often the hardest. When Moses spoke to the people and spoke to Pharaoh, God's going to let them go and I'm commanding you to let them go. He said, let them go. Make their life harder. Make them make bricks without straw. And they began to command that the slaves make brick without straw. And of course, you can't make bricks without straw. And they beat them with whips and rods because they did not meet their quota. Have you ever tried to make the turn and it got worse? Well, I thought if I quit my, ho- my habit that, you know, there'd be angels hovering over you going, oh. No, you quit smoking and you don't buy peppermint at the store. You go to Sam's. Buy you like a 20-pound bag and you, <laughs> you know, you get the munchies. You're trying to quit your little habit and the little Girl Scout comes to the door. Ding, ding. You go, oh, I think you're going to win the trip to Washington this year, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a lot of that in there. Kelly tries to keep me lined up here. The first steps seem to be the most intimidating The first steps of coming out seem to be the most opposed. The first steps seem to make you the most vulnerable. They're the most critical and they're the most underestimated because direction determines trajectory. Oh, if you just make a turn. The Bible said if you turn from thence. Where's thence? Yes. If you turn from thence. When you, let's say your pattern is this. And you hear a word from the Lord and you make the least turn, much less than 180. But the least turn changes the farther you go. Every day you go, you're further and further away from the lifestyle you had. But the first steps are the hardest because Pharaoh's scowling. You have nobody maybe around you that's come out before. I watch those rockets that are launched uh, south of Port Orange. We can see them from the beach. And if you watch them on television, you'll see that rocket just like it. You know, I'm thinking, I hope they soldered that thing good. I hope the bolts. Have you ever seen them up close? Just shaking and then it starts to glow like it's on fire. I want to know that everybody's passed the drug test that's working on that thing if I'm (laughs) on there. But then it hits a place And it breaks free of the gravitational. And what happens? Listen to your pastor. Keep walking. And this thing that's so hard will fall off of you because God would not command you to do something that he did not empower you to finish. Come out. 
come out. Well, Pastor John, how do you stay sober? Do you ever desire it? Yes. I can be in a restaurant today just eating with you at Outback, and I'll be in the restaurant, and you'll hear a gooseneck. I don't know the brand, but it was a gooseneck. Hello. Okay. So there's pull. Listen, but no power, baby. God doesn't deliver you from the pull of sin. He delivers you from the power of sin. So you have the pull, and Pharaoh goes, remember? Yeah, I also remember how you beat my brains out. I also remember waking up not knowing where I was. I also remember being depressed and suicidal and throwing my life away. Yes, I remember. I'd like some tea, please. Make it a double. Make it a double. Your Pharaoh will always try to negotiate a compromise. Let my people go, Pharaoh said. Okay, but don't go far. Let my people go. Okay, but leave your children here. Let my people go, Moses would say. Okay, but uh, leave your cattle and your goods here. And finally, Moses had enough, and he understood what many of us may not know. You can't kind of leave. Moses said, we're leaving, and we're not leaving one hoof behind. My wife, my children, my grandchildren, my hobbies, everything leaves today. Well, what about your friends and your, your high school friends and you, or now you're righteous? No, 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 no. Listen, baby, don't even try that trick. I'm not judging them. I'm judging me. I'm not strong enough to live that way and around them anymore. I'm judging me and to get out, I got to get out. And if you want to walk with me, come on. But two can't walk unless they agree. And some of us are in our 40s and we're still taking the same pictures. We just look older. Jesus, Jesus, take the wheel and lock me in the trunk. So what's the devil trying to negotiate with you? Okay, you can stop this, but don't stop this. Lose that friend and keep this one. And I'm not telling you who your friends are, and I'm not telling you what to do, and I'm not preaching on a soapbox telling you the things. But if it hinders your walk, your relationship, and the work of God in your life, Come out. No negotiation. No compromise. And you don't need some preacher telling you what those things are. You'll wind up in Guyana somewhere. You know what they are. When God brings you out, he does it with great power. Pharaoh said, I'll not let him go. He said, no. The water was turned to blood. The nation was overrun with frogs, lice, Flies, diseased livestock, lightning and hail, locusts, darkness, and the death of the firstborn. And God said, okay, I meant Pharaoh said, okay, y'all go, y'all go, y'all go. Don't think for a minute that any of your friends, family members, history, nothing has such a grip that God's power can't send enough discharges to it to let you know you're coming out and coming out for good. But sometimes God does it instantaneously and other times he does it in process. If Exodus tells me anything, is sometimes Pharaoh holds on tighter than normal. And don't beat yourself up because one thing was easy. When you got saved, did some of it just fall off and others? You're like, uh, or, uh. I mean, when I got saved, my cursing just dried up. And my, my other buddies, he got saved and he's like, oh, sorry, man, my bad, my bad. And you can't judge them because that, that little area they're struggling with. You know what struggling with means, don't you? It means we're still doing it. 
Y'all are so quiet today. Sometimes, though, according to Exodus, we may come out quick in one area and the other may have more opposition. But as long as you don't compromise, God will keep supplying power, displays, surges of his glory and goodness to where whatever demon is opposing or whatever part of your will, it'll finally say, the Lord is God, just leave. Oh, for some of you, the devil's going to say it. You're going to be able to hear him. Just leave. I'm tired of messing with God about him. When God brings you out, these demonstrations of power clarify who you are, whose you are, and how mighty God is. And I love this. And you'll actually have the opportunity to clothe yourself and your children with the spoils of this deliverance. God said, on your way out, tell all the Egyptians. I'll make a sermon out of this later. I've got to search it out. But he told the women to do it, not the men. See, women were shopping way back then. (laughs) So unless I'm misreading this, they go up to the Egyptians' homes, the walls of their condo-like things, knocked on the door and said, yeah, we're leaving now. You got any jewelry you want to give me? How about them you're wearing? You won't be needing those where you're going. Come here, come here. Took all their jewelry off, took the clothes, and the Egyptians were like, just go, just go, just go, because I know the Lord's with you. And their children went from peasants' clothes to the finest garments in the world overnight. So Isabel and Olivia and Elisha get to wear daddy's clothes of deliverance when I tell them about how great God is and how powerful God is. And my jewels, your testimony. You see, you're worried about what you've done. When you come out, it's going to be glorious. And you, you adorn your children with your victories. Your children get to tell your stories. They become their stories. That's what it is. Their stories, your stories become their stories and they wear them as if they were theirs, like they had earned it. When you come out, there is inevitably a Red Sea moment, a place of no return, a dividing line that separates you and Pharaoh once and for all. It's a surreal place. Psalms 126 says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like those that dreamed. When you come out, you, you think, am I really free? Have I broke the gravitational pull? Is this Sunday the Sunday where it all changes? When gratitude, a place where gratitude boils up within you and virgin praise is born. If our musician would come, please. A place where gratitude boils within you and virgin praise is born. So Moses brings the Israelites out of Egypt. Here comes Pharaoh. He's charging with his army. Get it. The Red Sea opens. Do you remember when it opened for you? You come out. Not only did you come out, you start walking. Watch. In a miraculous pathway. See, you watched God's power fall on the Egyptians, but now you're seeing it for yourself. And you're walking in places that other people die in. So you're walking. You're seeing the glory of God. You get to the other side. And here comes Pharaoh said, I'm not going to let you go. Um, I'm going to own your children just like I own you and your mother and your dad. And the water closes in upon him. All of the people that chased them drowned and were floating on the top of the water. 
And Miriam grabs a timbrel and begins to sing a song, listen, that had never been sung before. It's virgin. The Lord has done victoriously for the horse and the rider are thrown into the sea. What are you going to sing that your children have never heard before? I love corporate praise. But virgin praise. When you say, you've blessed me with babies and I just bless your great name. There's something about it that transcends floating armies. It's no longer about what I come out of. It's about how great and mighty and glorious and beautiful is my Lord. I, see, it fades away. Those secular groups want you to remember it all the time. You say, no, they're, they're gone. They're gone. That was who I used to be. My song is about who I am and about where he's brought me from. You see, once God brings you out, and this is for several here today, last point, there's often a wilderness period that immediately follows it. You come out, you've made the turn, you break the gravitational pull, you see the enemies floating on the top of the water and your heart comes into praise and then there's this wilderness period. In the beginning of the journey, you learn that God is with you cloud by day, fire by night and God's going to supply water. He'll drop food from heaven. Watch. But this wilderness is an arid place. It's a dry place. It's an uncomfortable place. It's a lonely place and it's a place of no beauty. When you come out of the world, you come out of the old ways, you still have a taste for it. And that goes unmet and you're not where God has you for you to be and you're not where you were. And the wilderness has very few flowers. So for that person that's made the turn and you're saying, I've given my all to God and it's harder today than it's ever been. Oh, baby, but you're not in Canaan. The place of his promises, the place of his purposes, the enemy's already been defeated. The only enemy left is your own fatigue. But if you keep walking in due season, you will reap if you don't quit. If you don't quit. In the wilderness, you learn a very sad thing. It's hard for me as a pastor, watching other pastors, watching my own carnality. It's hard. It's hard watching you and watching your journey. And I've learned that not everybody that comes out goes in. The only thing more tragic than dying in Egypt is dying in the wilderness because there was nothing else holding you back but you and God didn't free me so that I wouldn't be a drunk he freed me so I could be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ 
Yeah, it's easy for you to say, yeah, about me, but what did he bring you out for? He didn't bring you out to bring you out. He brought you out to bring you in. You've got to keep moving, baby. You've got to keep worshiping. You've got to keep giving. You've got to keep serving and investing and pressing on towards the mark of the prize of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not stopping till I get to the promises that God has for me. Not stopping. Give me, I've got just a few moments. Let me, oh, I, I, this is where your pastor struggles because I'm so limited in vocabulary and everything else. I'm like a country boy, just like, do you get it? You just want to, do you get it? God will let you wander around your whole life. He will let you walk in circles your whole life. One more time. He will let you waste your life. And all of them but Caleb and Joshua died in the wilderness. So Pastor John, what are you saying? I'm saying that I am praying for you and me today that there would be such a resolve in our heart that we would say, see, Canaan's not heaven. There's giants in Canaan. There's no giants in heaven. Canaan is God's plan for your life. And I pray over you that you'd look at what all God's done for you and make that resolve. It's like a once in a lifetime. You'll have to strengthen it, but it's made. You said, after all he's done for me, I will not die in between. I will not die. What a tragedy for the greatest monarch on the face of the earth to have no power to destroy you and you destroy yourself. Let my people go. And it happened. And he said, without saying it, I've done it all. Now the last 12 days is up to you. Walk on. I'm with you. Cloud by day, fire by night. I'll feed you. I'll water you. But I won't walk you into my purposes. You got to do it. So I don't know how to finish, but just wherever you're at. Maybe a little dialogue here. And then when you go home, carve out a half hour and say, Lord, I'm writing it in my journal today. I'm writing it over my baby's bed. We're not just coming out. Some are coming out and others are saying, I got tired. I got, I got to get up. We got to get moving. I mean, we, we've got to be strong in the Lord. We've got to do this thing. And wherever you're at in your journey, know this. No weapon. No attack. Every town they went into Canaan, there were giants that said, you can't inherit this. You a lie. Bam. Caleb, that old man come in and said, I watched them all die in the wilderness. Give me my mountain." God says, you still want it? Yes, I want it. Why do you want it? You're an old man. Watch. I'm going to touch a father right here. What do you need a mountain for? My babies. That's why I held on all these years for my babies. This is Caleb's mountain. And when he died, his children would say, this is daddy's mountain. And when they died, they would say, this is granddaddy's mountain. And when they died, he secured a place. 
God's bringing you out so you'll be a mighty man of God, a mighty woman of God, and secure land for your children. Anybody can quit. Anybody can quit. If victory was so easily attainable, more people would have it. So march on, baby. And be confident. Don't worry about nothing. Because if you're pointed in the right direction and you don't quit, you will look up one day and you'll be at the foot of Canaan and you'll go, we're here. You remember Field of Dreams? How you stick in and go, oh, look at there. And you're going to step into a place that's not arid, it's not dry, it's not barren. It flows with milk and honey. The grapes are so big that two people carry them on a pole and they drag the ground. There's giants. There's beauty. It's your land. It's yours. Why? Because it was promised. Promise land. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you just close your eyes this morning? And I don't know where you're at in your journey. And I want everyone that will to participate in this. I want you to tell the Lord what you're going to talk to him today about later. Say, when me and you get alone, this is what I'm going to talk to you about. Tell him. It's what we're going to settle out. I believe your word. I believe your promises. Forgive me for being scared of a Pharaoh when you're the God of all. Help me not to be tricked, to not give in to a complaining spirit and grumble in the wilderness. Oh God, don't let us waste our life for 40 years thinking we're in your will. So, Lord, as we all spend time with you today, let it be a place where an altar is built, a sacrifice is made, where something dies, where your glory comes. I love you today, Lord. I thank you for my great deliverance. I thank you that the wilderness is not my home. It's just a passageway into all that you have for us to do. We give you praise and honor and glory today, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. And all God's people said, Amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you.